The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds and every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And finally, we're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best NBA better in the United States? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free-to-play betting contest. There's $3,000 up for grabs in their season-long contest and $200 every week in their weekly contest. Just head on over to OddsCrowd.com to sign up now. And finally, before we let you get started on this episode, we do want to remind you that you should download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks, news, podcasts, articles, all of it's right in the palm of your hand. Just go download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Adiho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, up to eight, uh, episode 82. Um, had trouble finding an 82, so this one's going to go out to UFC 82, but more specifically, it's going to go out to uh, someone who fought on that card, as well as uh, someone who fought last night, and that will be my associate host, longtime crush, Andre Arlovsky, who... Uh, TKO Jake O'Brien on the prelims of UFC 82, which took place March 1st, 2008, and he also won last night, as we predicted. So this goes out to UFC 82, a.k.a. it goes out to Andre Arlovsky. Hello, I would be the person talking to you in your ears right now. I'd be Jeff Fox, and I would be the host of this here podcast. Thank you for listening and coming in, and hopefully you are all subscribed to our feed at the MMA Gambling Podcast. If not, make sure you subscribe to that direct feed so you can get this podcast immediately uh, as it drops. Because as we've shown weeks past, we are line movers. So as soon as we say someone's going to win a fight, the line goes crazy on on the at the bookies or whoever you make your bet. So make sure you get in on uh, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed and so you can get us immediately. Um, that's GPN feed. It puts our podcast out uh, about a day or so after we record it usually and by then the numbers will be out of this world for uh whatever fighter we chose to win so i i promise that this is the podcast that doesn't need long intros anymore and this, i seem to be rambling a bit so let's just get right into um introducing my fellow mediocre boy we both are back to beating mediocre, being that mediocre after last night he would be the danimal the prettiest purple belt on the planet the son of Ichabod, the Bear Whisperer, Gumby, Barney Gumble. I think that's it. <laughs> Anyhow, his name's, his name's Daniel Vreeland. Hi, Mr. Vreeland. Hey, hey. Yeah. I, fun hey. fun note about Irish Jake O'Brien, by the way, who you, you just mentioned. You know, he got released after going 4-3 yes. in the UFC. 
Uh, so he's four and three, not a, not a yeah. bad record. Do you know who those losses were to? No. Uh, obviously, Andre Arlovski. Andre Arlovski. Yeah. The the other two losses were Kane Velasquez and John Jones. <laughs> yeah. So just chumps. Yeah. Chumps, so he, all he of just them. Basically, lost to chumps, and he beat Heath Herring in there too, which is uh pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> he also fought, I think, yeah, Heath Herring also fought in the co-main event at UFC 82, which uh, the aforementioned UFC 82. He beat Czech Congo via split decision. What was the main event of that night, Dan? UFC 82? Yes. If I, God, that, that's got to be like um, either. March 1st, 2008, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, if Ohio. They, they were probably doing Rich Franklin then. Rich Franklin, Anderson nope. Silva? No, uh, you, oh, you got half of it, half of it right. It's called uh, UFC 82 Pride of a Champion is what it was called. Oh, so then it was when he uh, fought Dan Henderson. Yes. Yeah. Anderson Silva versus Dan Henderson. Correct. And In your Ohio, boy, it should have been a Rich Franklin one then. It should have been. You're right. Uh, and your boy, Andre Arlovsky, fought, and he's the only one in the UFC still at this point. I guess he left. For a bit, but he's the only one on this card. One of the only people on that card who's still actually active that I can think of. Uh, let me see who else is active. I guess Czech Congo is active still. So. I'm, I'm looking at that card. You're right. Czech Congo is still active. Depending on who you ask, Diego Sanchez is still active. Is John uh, Fitch still technically active? God, I don't even want to think about John Fitch. <laughs> uh, Chris Lieben was on that card too. A couple of my yeah. saves. <laughs> exactly. It was a big Dan Yul Breland card. Last night was not so much a big Daniel Breland card, <laughs> no, was it? it was, I don't think it was a big card for anyone, though, really. Well, I guess Jong, of course, Superfan Jong on the SGPN Slack uh, channel, which everyone should get in on because it's lots of fun. Um, he seemed like he had a good night, but he was he um, had the advantage over us because he was doing live betting. We we have to make our picks like days and days in advance, sometimes weeks in advance, and he was doing live betting. I think that's what saved his, his butt last night because uh, a lot of our preconceived notions on how things would go down didn't really happen last night. Yeah, I'm going to blame – I'm going to half blame us, but also half blame some some really either bizarre developments in skill set or complete uh, lack of following a game plan. Yeah, there was some – well, we'll call them outliers. How about then? It makes us look smarter. It was, it was there were some outliers last night, Dan. That uh, <laughs> there there were some things that yeah we didn't foresee happening, but we probably should should break it down because it was such an exciting night. But actually, we should break it down so we can get to the real uh, main event of Sundays, which is Dan going almost perfect, eighty percent usually <laughs> on his uh, on his picks for Dana White Contender Series. That's what all the Real hardcore degens want because that's where the money is made Tuesday nights. But first, let me tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Sign, ready to play? Sign up today and re- to receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series features. All season long, Prop Swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love 
sports betting you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets and PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. I bet everybody's trying to get a piece of the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series now, right, Dan? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't think anybody's so jumping. so superstitious. <laughs> I don't think anybody's, anybody's jumping at the chance to, to get a, a ticket on an 88-win team in the postseason. Uh, that's Three just, more wins, Dan, and then they're in the World Series. Three more yeah, wins. Yeah, it seems wild. <laughs> it doesn't seem possible even as a – they weren't over 500 until August 10th this year. Uh, and that includes and like – that includes like one and oh or two and one. Like they were never once over five hundred. And their best pitcher and best hitter are basically throughout the whole year, right? Uh th- two of their best three hitters and their best pitcher. Yeah, Mike Soroka out the whole year and uh Azuna out most oh, of right. the year yes, yes, with yes. the 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 unmentionable activities and then yeah, Ronald Acuna out for half of the year with the uh, torn ACL. So yeah. This isn't a baseball uh, podcast, but but you're right. No. That, that, it's worth mentioning. They're they're doing it's, well. <laughs> it's in the air. It's baseball uh, baseball time. All right. Um, guess we'll have to talk about that event last night. Um, <laughs> We're just avoiding guess, it. We'll turn this into a baseball podcast for a week. That's <laughs> true. Let's just go to baseball. Um, I went six and four. Dan went five and five. So we we're you know the epitome of mediocre, which is what we usually promise you. We've that's two weeks, two out of three weeks we've been mediocre now, so I hope we're not sliding back to our old ways. Um, I was down about just a little less than 50 bucks. Dan was down about 200 bucks based on a uh, $100 bet per, per fight, which you're at, which is what you at least have to bet. We uh, That's a contract you have when you listen to this con, this podcast. Uh, but there was a big development in our uh, betting last night. Dan, do you know what the big development was? You you passed me in the money, huh? I passed Dan in the money. <laughs> Correct. So now he has nothing to hang his hat on. For the year, I'm at 50, 58%. Correct picks. Dan's at 55. So that, neither of those have changed. But money-wise, I am ahead of Dan by 67 bucks. We're both down money, but I'm down less. So what do you – yeah, you got to you have to come up with some new uh, shtick, Dan, to uh, – to uh, excuse away your your poor performances and me beating you because I got you in both now. We we got time. I'm just gonna this week on Wednesday when you're picking. I'm just gonna make you pick first on every fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that that might that might do the trick. All right. Uh, luckily, we're not counting contender series. I I might do all right because a lot of times just looking at resumes, I'm like, okay, I pick that person. You you would pick them too, so maybe I would do okay there. But it would be more a shot in the dark than uh, than anything else. All right, UFC Fight Night, Ladd versus DeMont. Um, all right, let's start with the main event. We both got it wrong. All I really have to say is what the hell was that, Dan? What the hell was that fight? I mean, like, oof, there's so much. Um, hey, there's our first oof. 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 Yeah, I, I would say first and foremost, like, if the Aspen Lad who fought in the, I'm going to say the fourth and the fifth round, because I don't actually think she looked all that bad in the fourth either. The the fourth and fifth round Aspen Lad wins that fight, right? Like she, she looked way better than Norman, and it wasn't even Dumont slowing down because there would be no reason for Dumont to slow down. She she wasn't pressured at any point in time in that fight. But like Aspen Lad showed she was a better fighter in those last two rounds, that those last ten minutes. You know, and even if you gave Dumont the fourth, which I think two of the judges did, and all of the judges gave Aspen Lad the last one, it was just literally her letting her hands go. 
And I think if she had let her hands go like that early on in the fight, I think you would have seen more takedowns open up for her. I think you would have seen her, you know, score some top position time. I, I think you would have seen her press Dumont against the cage more and, and do more work there. Like, she just didn't put any fear into Dumont and, like, just kind of eight jabs. I think they said after the first two rounds she had landed three significant strikes or something like that. It, it was a, some atrocious number. It was bizarre to me how slow she came out and how she just didn't seem to know what to do. And I, I don't know, if, do you think it was ring rust? Do you think that could have been a piece of it? Yeah, there could be ring rust. It could be lingering issues from, from the weight stuff. Who knows? Because that was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it could be her amazing coaching that she obviously has been having. Yeah, like, well, uh, people, well, people it, love the corner advice she was getting. Yeah, the corner advice was seemingly bad, but I'll say this. Uh, I once had a conversation with Save Sound, the uh, esteemed coach of Fortis MMA, who once told me that, like, the only person who knows what that fighter needs in that corner is the coach. Um, and even if it sounds like you're not giving them technical advice or it sounds like you're being mean to them or – in some cases, sometimes it's safe to odd, if you physically hit them, <laughs> it seems bad, right? Like, it seems dumb. Like, sure, her coach could have offered her some technical advice. But, like, you know, like sometimes there are some of fighters that just need to be yelled at. And there are – I mean, like, you've seen that with safe odd before. Like, he went into yep. the corner again with Ramiz Brahimai, and he just screamed at him one time, like, what the hell are you doing? Get up off the stool and shoot a fucking takedown. And he said it just like that. And then in the next round, Brahimai shot a fucking takedown and got the takedown and sunk in a rear naked choke. So, like, if she had come out like a bat out of hell, I think a lot of people would have been saying nicer things about Jim West's corner work. It doesn't sound great. I will say I have a far, like, I have far more concern about the fact that that is her much older boyfriend talking to her that way than that is her coach talking to her that way. You know what I mean? Like that, that obviously raises a whole heck of a lot more questions, but as far as it being like bad advice, I mean, he was telling her she was down and that she had to do more. Like some people need technical advice. Some people need motivation at the very least. He was trying to do the latter. Yeah. I think it was more of the gender dynamic that was causing concern uh, for people. Um, And then you have the whole relationship thing. Plus, he seems to be not uh, be a very likable guy, or people seem to really um, pile on. Actually, both of them uh, online. So, um, regardless uh, of the, he came out and apologized. But it was, did you hear his apology or read it? I didn't. I didn't. I just saw somebody posted he apologized, <laughs> yeah. and then I saw all the hot takes on both sides. Like he needs to, he doesn't need to. Like, yeah. Even though his, sure. his apology, he said in his apology, although it probably wasn't my fault. Uh, I'll, take full respons- <laughs> I'll take full responsibility. So, so you're not a positive man. So. That's the worst one I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it was it was something like that. It was something about how it wasn't really his fault. So, yeah, she um she looked horrible and made our pick look horrible, and she did absolutely nothing. And Demont basically really did nothing too. Um, and got herself got her hand raised, which was more power to her. But uh, it's not like I'm I'm impressed with Norma Dumont now and think that she's a, a title challenger. No, I don't think so either. I, I it, It's funny. I actually think if she did turn up the volume, she may have drawn too much out of Lad or yep. drawn a lot of counters or gotten yeah, taken true. down. or like So, like, I, I think what she did was perfect to win. Um, just unfortunately, it was the 
least exciting thing to win and certainly isn't going to do her any favors um, ranking-wise. Although, then again, there isn't rankings in this division, so you then have to ask yourself, nope. do you change their Bantamweight rankings based on a featherweight fight? Will Dumont ever make it back to Bantamweight? They both swear they're going back, which I guess makes sense when you say, you know, I don't want to stay here in a division that doesn't exist. But you get a title shot immediately if you want to fight in that division, though. Do you, though? Like, cause <laughs> no, I'm, I don't. I'm going to be honest. What's going to happen to Norma Dumont next? Like, who, who is she getting paired with? You know the answer to this. Uh, Holly Holm, obviously. She, she's getting paired with Holly Holm, <laughs> who she was supposed to fight in the first place. And if she doesn't get yeah. with paired with Holly Holm, who is she getting paired with? Um, the champ or Jermaine Durandamy, maybe? Or Jermaine no, Durandamy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Amy Oh, what a mess. Any woman who gets anywhere close to a title shot at either 35 or 45 first has to fight Jermaine Durandamy or Holly Holm and will yep. most likely lose to one of them so the other one can get their 75th title shot. Yep, very, very true. So um, I don't know. Is there much else to say about that fight? Do we yeah. hopefully asking why it isn't, isn't broken? Because um, she was like, she came out like, oh, she's broken. Like, you have to hit the reset button or something. Like, she was just, she was just circling for rounds and rounds and rounds. Like, oh, um, something happened here. Something broke in her brain or something here. Um, hopefully, that's not the end of Aspilad as a as a top prospect because she was very good there for a while. Yeah, I don't think it will be. Like, it is her first. Like, I, I mean, with the exception of losing to Jermaine Duran to me by like kind of like a weird flash knockout. It is her first loss. She is only 26. You know, women in that division can fight until they're almost 40 for Christ's sake. So, you know, I, I don't think she's cooked, but like, man, there, there seems to be some rewiring that needs to happen stylistically or game plan wise. And usually you would say, you know, it would be a perfect way to do that is to change coaches. And uh, yeah. I just, that's never probably ever going to happen. Nope. That's when uh, she's one and two now over the last three though, so not not the greatest. Oh, her, f- her first two losses ever, but still. Um, yeah, we probably should just put that one to bed. No bonuses for that for that fight. Uh, sorry, it was forty nine, forty six, forty nine, forty six, forty eight, forty seven. Uh, Dumont, do you agree with the scorecard in that one? I yeah, because I I definitely gave Aspen Ladd the fifth. I gave Norma yeah. Dumont one through three. I'll be honest, I wasn't watching during round four close enough because that's right around. I mean, the Braves were like in yep. the thick of that game, and I was like, this is not worth paying attention to. No, nope. it's so bad. So I mean, like I looked up a couple of times and was like, ah, because I had double screens going. Uh, I was like, I don't know, Ladd seems to be turning it up a little bit here, and then like the judges pretty much agreed with that. Like one of them gave her that, that fourth round. So um, yeah, I guess I agree with them precisely then. Like, yeah, either one or kind of that, that fourth round too. You making up for lost time, have a rabbit ears growing up. Now you're using, uh, now you're double screening it now. Right yeah. There. I'm big fancy. That's, that's big fancy from where I'm from. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I watched it. A little later, of course, as I always do, because I always someone always ties tends to tie me up while the actual fights are on. So uh, thank God for PBR. But yeah, first two rounds, like okay, I'm just gonna watch this at double speed, and I I don't think I missed anything because the I, I could see when their limbs were going out, and it looks like they were just doing a little dance around and around and around. So yeah, it was not a fun fight. Um, you didn't really have to pay much attention to it. All right, how about the co-main event? You you probably enjoy this one more because we both got it right. It was. 
it was my only underdog basically of the night. It was the uh, minus one hundred four underdog, but it was, technically was underdog. Uh, underdog struck back last night in a big way. Five underdog wins uh, out of ten fights, so half the fights went to the underdogs. In case you have trouble with math, five out of ten is half. So now uh, we figured it was going to happen eventually, and it did happen last night. Andre Olovsky, your boy. Carlos Felipe, whose nickname is Boy, but it doesn't mean Boy. Um, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. It went pretty much the way we said it would, right? Uh, it w- probably was a more exciting fight than than we predicted. Um, we thought it would be rather boring. I think they engaged a bit more than than we expected, and I guess Orlovsky gassed out a little less than Felipe, but yeah, it was it, it got pretty pretty gross at the the in the end fight um but yeah Arlowski does what new age Arlowski does and got himself another win yeah I would say they did engage a little bit more I think some of that was the pressure of Carlos Felipe um yeah like I, I I had said that he would slip into whatever game plan that Arlowski wanted to fight and I don't think yep. he did um he no. did a really good job of of trying to take Arlowski out of his game and, and even did a little bit but uh yeah, it did, and in the end, it really didn't matter, right? Because, uh, man, what a what a good performance by Arlovsky, especially over those first two rounds. Did you think it was – I don't know if you caught it because you, you sometimes are fast-forwarding through stuff. Did you see Carlos Felipe clearly thought he won the fight? He was like rip shit afterwards when they read the decision. Yes, yes. That's, that's one of my favorite favorite things, um, meaning it's one of the things I hate the most uh, is, yeah, fighters who – um, are delusional and, and think they win fights and they have their hand up and they go ap- apoplectic when, when the uh, decision doesn't go their way. But yeah, I did see Boy do that. Yeah, and it it, it wasn't close either, right? Like, no, there, no, there's no. no way you could give him anything but the third round. So yeah, w- wild. But uh, I uh, yeah, of course I enjoyed it. It's Andre Arlovsky winning a fight in 2021. Uh, by the way. Just out of curiosity, yep. and I know you obviously have your performance rankings that are being updated probably at the current moment. Yep. Uh, for heavyweight, he's got to be a top 15 heavyweight again, right? Like, he has won. He's won four out of five, which includes wins yep. over Felipe Lantaner Boser, Chase Sherman, and now Carlos Felipe, and only has a loss to Tom Aspinall in there. That that's a the pretty damn good run. <laughs> yeah, problem with him is he hasn't finished fights, which doesn't. Um, oh, it doesn't help on the performance rankings. It, it, with hurts him, yeah. We're talking about the rankings I do on MMA-Manifesto.com, the MMA site I run. Um, yeah, Arlovsky is still um, right around twenty fourth or so, um, but yeah, he's just because he he, he doesn't finish fights, but still. Um, Doing a lot better than than you would have expected, uh, um, Lasky to do. Uh, we wouldn't actually wouldn't expect him to be even be fighting any longer, but um, yeah, he still is a little like um, if you have a bet on him, he's a little nervous watching him fight because he. I still expect him to get knocked out like he used to uh, for a while there, but uh, it doesn't seem to happen anymore. Yeah, and, and shout out to us here on uh, if you if you listen to our props at the end of Wednesday's episode too, we told you you could get Andre Alaski plus two hundred by decision. So uh, yeah, you know, listen to it's us. The only way he wins, uh, yeah. that makes no sense. Like yeah, I can't believe any... the odds were that good. I can't. It, they were silly. <laughs> the last time he finished a fight was six years ago. Like how? Like it's not very hard to look those things up. I don't get why they. I don't get why. Um, and it's not like you were betting on the fight. 
to to go the distance. You're just betting on him to win via the distance. Like I can see if you think Felipe is going to knock him out, but I I can't see how you would see the op- the the, uh, the flip side of that and Arlowski knocking him out. So yeah, yeah, they're giving money away, which is fine. We can't complain about that. So we got that one right, one for one, um, or one and one. Uh, we got Jim Miller pick right. Well, I don't uh, minus two twenty five. So we not a massive um, return. The fact that Jim Miller is minus two twenty five favorite in twenty twenty one is pretty crazy too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we saw a knockout punch coming from Jim Miller. I think I saw it was his first knockout since UFC 200. One of the best knockouts of the year, too, I will say that. It's fantastic. Just, yep. I mean, like, a murderous left hand, and it just, it was one of those ones where the guy falls on top of himself, like, implodes straight uh-huh. down on top. So, like, they made him follow up with punches, despite the fact that uh, Ghost Pepper there was completely unconscious, uh, but just somehow he had happened to fall... It was almost like, uh, who did Roy Nelson knock out that way? Dave Herman? Is that that a real person? Am I remembering that? Yeah, name? Real person. yeah Dave yeah. Herman, he knocked out, and he just, like, collapsed within himself and just was, like, like head-butted his own knee. Um, yeah. And this was, this was like that. Like, awesome knockout from Jim Miller. Crazy that he's still this good at this age. And to have him and Arlovsky go back-to-back like this and yep. just, like, run the clock back in like the wildest way. It was it was just an awesome awesome like pick me up on a card that was like not very filled with pick me ups. No. And it's not like the knockout was just like a lucky punch. He was he was tagging him on the feet pretty well. He was loading out and he was loading up that left hand in the first round too. Like he, yeah. he saw he clearly saw that as an opening. Uh either, you know, pre fight, you know, getting ready for this fight, or like he it like located it automatically after the first round but like yeah then he was landed in the second and the plan still is he's going to keep going and he wants to make it to ufc 300 still he he reiterated so we're talking what three years away uh basically a little I'm, less all away, probably. I'm all about it let him keep going <laughs> that would be awesome ufc 100 ufc 200 he wants to do ufc 300 um and if brock lesnar doesn't make it to that one then, then he will be the only man to make it at 100 200 <laughs> and 300 so um that would make him you know just a little between 40 and 41. So it's not like he will be like an old man, man for, for lighter weights. It's, it's kind of uh kind of old, but still it's, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility here. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. He also, one of my buddies was saying this to me earlier was like, he's one of those guys who's been in a billion fights and like somehow doesn't seem like he's gotten like tagged a ton. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, no like he's been hurt a lot and he doesn't seem like he's been you know like when he, you're interviewing him you it doesn't sound like he can't put a sentence together like meanwhile like Arlovsky's post-fight interview I don't know if his English has gotten worse or if he was exhausted <laughs> or like if there's some brain damage there but like he that like I turned it up I like muted the brave game and turned it up so I could hear Arlovsky's interview and my wife turned to me and she goes what did he say and I was like i I couldn't tell you. Like it said, I heard, I heard the word matchmaker in there one time. Uh, I'm pretty sure he said Nike, just do it. Um, but like other than that, I have no idea what he said. And I like was trying to listen, and it was, I believe, English. Uh, but yeah, like just back to the original point, like Jim Miller seems like he doesn't take damage like that. So yeah, why not send him to UFC 300? How tasty my pee pee? Did you say that? How, t- how, t- how tasty my pee pee? 
how it tastes my safety. That's, that's such a wild, wild, funny quote from back in the yep. day. And also I will say it's pretty wild that those two were fighting for the title back then in like everybody was high on Sylvia and was like, oh, Sylvia comes out on top. Like, he's clearly the guy. Arlovsky's still fighting in. I think Tim Sylvia weighs 400 pounds. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's Super enormous. Yeah. He, he tried to fight, like, five years ago in, like, the commission in the on the Native American Reserve in Connecticut wouldn't even clear him. And I'm pretty yeah. sure they'd clear anybody. So, um yeah. They they were one of the few places still holding fights during the pandemic. So right, uh, uh, yeah, like crazy how how far th- those two paths diverged. And it's um, it's good news that we we went with the, with the old dogs because they both uh, brought us in wins. So that made us what one out of uh, we got two and one is what I'm trying to spit out over over the top three fights. How do we do with the Manolo Fierro fight? Let me tell you a minute, but first, let me tell you about Keeks. (laughs) Do you have a a child who compares you to Shamil Abdurakhimov? Because if you you do, Keeks is probably probably the thing for you. Wasn't that the person that my son compared me to? I think it was, wasn't it? I think it was Shamil Abdurakhimov, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he looks like you. He was the one fighting Chris Dacus that night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should get Keeps. Because you know what Keeps is? Keeps offers the simplest, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P. To receive your first month of treatment for free, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P. Yeah, I don't think Keeps will help. Like, if he thinks my body looks like that, that's probably a problem. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the body hair, that's probably a problem. But uh, I don't think Keeps can – I don't think Keeps makes you have hair like a gorilla, which is um, – yeah, I think it just handles the hair on your head. But um, – if you need it, people, get the treatment to find out. Yeah, regardless, uh, regardless, it's a good idea if your your head looks like a dirty hemoth, even if you don't exactly. need to grow his chest hair. Exactly, exactly. All right. Um, Manon Fierro, yes, she did come through for us. Uh, minus 240. She was Dan's lock pick. So for the locks, Dan is now up to 15 and 12. You're, you're, you're getting some separation uh, from 500, which is nice. She's still down 340 bucks, but, hey, we, we'll just gloss over that fact. But. You nailed it with Fiero. Um, we both nailed it. It was pretty easy pick. Um, Silva actually looked better than expected. Um, a lot of clowning, even though she was clearly getting her butt whipped, and she still was. I guess she wanted to tire Fiero out right till the very last second of the fight, and then she was going to planning on winning or something. But yeah, 30-26, 30-27, Fiero just is like a machine, just nonstop uh, pressure yeah. on Silva. I would say her what she was doing with the clowning was trying to make it look like uh, trying to anger Manon Firo because yeah. I, I don't think she was necessarily trying to trying to tire her out because if she was she'd push the pace more. Um, instead, she dropped her hands and put her hands behind her back and invited Firo to. But Firo is the thing about Firo is she is just like one of the most composed fighters I've ever seen. Yeah. Like there, there's like a weird calmness about her that makes her. It, it's like that. 
I, I don't want to compare her already to this legend that I'm about to do it anyway, but not skill-wise, but, like, as far as her facial expressions and the way she handles fighting, it feels very GSP-esque, right? Like, stone face sure. the entire time, very calm the entire time, isn't going to let you deviate what she plans on doing, um, which is so impressive, especially because, you know, Silva was trying to clown her into getting into a firefight, and she didn't. She just picked her apart, and then, like, occasionally when she would put her hands behind her back, she'd be like, that's cool, I'm going to take you down instead, which is not at all what you were expecting to happen, and now you're in an even worse place to try to knock me out. So, yeah, I was – well, I, I kind of expected her to get the finish and was a little bummed she didn't. Uh, I was really impressed with, like, all facets of her game. It was cool to get yep. to see her use her takedowns to, to show, like, I'm not just a flashy kickboxer. I can do it all. So, yeah, I'm excited for whatever comes next for Firo. Does she remind you of another Stoic champion, a current champion, in her – very same weight class, Valentina Shevchenko, kind of yeah. fights like her and, and yeah, composed like her. Yeah, and she's patient yeah. like her and is willing yep. to not get suckered in. Yeah, and and I mean, like people are, have been talking about who the young flyweight and actually Ferro's not even that young. I think no. she's thirty thirty one. Um, at least not that young for for MMA. At least so they've been talking about who the up and comer is that's gonna pressure. Shevchenko, and I think it has to be somebody like Firo, right? Like, it has to be somebody who can strike from distance and mix in the occasional takedown and, like, basically fight Valentina Shevchenko's style of game and try to beat her at her own game because we've seen women go in there and try to power punch her and it doesn't work. We've seen women try to go in and make it gritty and that doesn't work. So, like, I think we need to see somebody do this. And so I'm not selling her into that fight yet. I want to see her. She's going to have to fight a couple more times before then. But, yeah, it seems like she's on the best trajectory out of any of those up-and-comers. This this may have been the most significant fight on the card, really, when you look at tops of divisions, because Featherweight doesn't have a division. Um, but, yeah, she, this, this puts her right near the top. Like, in my ranking, she moved up from 7th to 6th after this performance. So she's... Right in the uh, right in the thick of things. Who, who would you like to see her fight next? Um, I think she's got to fight one of those like name valued uh, like yeah. stalwarts of the division that are just kind of chilling in there. You know, Jessica Iyer, um, Murphy, Lauren Murphy, Vivian Arruyo, like any of those women. I mean, like yeah, yeah. Chokagian would, would be a really good one. Although they both. Yell every time they throw a strike, so that could get oh, that's pretty right. bad. Yeah, that could get pretty bad. Yeah, a a tennis match. I mean, like they will probably feed her somebody like Roxanne Modafari, which is just like cruel and criminal. But like, I'd like to see them push her even further up the the rankings. Yep. No, she definitely definitely deserves it after after um, taking on all comers and, and turning them back in, in the UFC. So, and then the opener in the main card because we lost. Uh, Julian Marquez pulled out of his fight against. Dan's favorite, Jordan Wright, um, right before the weigh-ins uh, due to a non-COVID health issue. So did you hear what was going on there or not? I still haven't heard. No, weird. But, Pro- but Probably yeah. weight cut. Probably weight cut. Is the, he is a pretty is. big guy, and he fought yeah. up at 205 for a little while. Like he fought um, – yeah. I think when he fought Matt Hamill, it was up at 205. Yeah, so so we were down from 11 fights to five uh, – to six. Uh, to six. To nine. Um, ten, how about, Dan? How many numbers did I say before I got the right one? Five, you'll, six, you'll, nine. Get, you'll get there. You'll get there. <sighs> Five on the All main right. card. No. So anyhow, um, ten fights. We would have got that one one right, which would have made us look a bit bit smarter. So 
this is my long way of going around uh, saying that the um, opener on the main card ended up being Nate Landwehr, Anaconda choking, as we predicted, uh, Ludovic Klein in the third round at 222. Um, this fight went exactly how, how we planned it, right? It did not. Wow. Uh, although I will say, I will say this. So we we said that we thought Ludovic Klein would pick him apart on the counters, and I think it started that way, right? Yeah. And then I also said in the breakdown, just to toot my own horn for a second, that I wish Nate Landwehr would go back to wrestling more and using more of his wrestling like he did when he was fighting an M1 Global. Like, he had good wrestling, but he'd rather just slug it out all the time. And I think once he realized that, like, hey, wrestling this dude might work, uh, he, he like, mixed it up a little bit more and, and almost got that choke twice. So it's your fault? You you encouraged him to, to uh, not be a mindless uh, suck em, rock em, suck em robot it's your fault Some, somehow i don't think nate the train is listening to to mm. this podcast <laughs> choo choo well i talk about trains almost every episode though dan you you do you do but somehow i don't i don't think he's listening to that no <laughs> he he also <laughs> cuts a really good promo after a win yes. too <laughs> so he um he, he probably also saved his job in the ufc you would think with performance last night you probably would have but he would have been what one and three if he lost or something like that. He is he is wildly entertaining though, right? He is like yes. uh, so he like now they have a reason to keep him. He might have also gotten one more anyway. Um, yeah. he did beat Darren Elkins too, so like yeah. there's that. Yeah. Um, so he was a massive underdog too. We uh, we had Klein at minus three fifty. Um, so yeah, like I said, the uh, underdogs a bit back uh, last night. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess not much else to say about that. We, uh, how do we whiff on that one? We didn't think Landweir would fight, would wrestle, I guess, is, is how we whiffed on that one. We figured we thought he was, the, we thought he was dumber than he is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because he hasn't shown us otherwise uh, over his UFC career, at least, right? Right. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about another one in a, a couple of fights that we botched on that, uh, that just showed us a completely different version of his own game, uh, and made us look dumb. Let's move on to the prelims. We almost got this, the main event we almost got wrong. Uh, Bruno Blindado Silva TKO'd Andrew Sanchez, which is not surprising. That's kind of what we predicted, right? Um, but it took him three rounds, uh, 235 in the third round to do it. Um, minus 176, that was my lock pick, so I got that right. I'm at 17-9 for locks, and I'm finally out of the red and into the black again i'm up 13 bucks on my lock so hooray for me um but yeah this fight did not go like we we got to the correct spot at the end uh we took a quite a roundabout way to get there um andrew sanchez wrestled uh silva made him look horrendous on his back which which makes sense because he's a black belt in uh, jiu-jitsu and he's never been on the, <laughs> on the ground before. And he uh, he bragged about his jiu-jitsu after he won the fight via uh, via TKO punches after he got totally dominated on, on the ground for the two-thirds of the fight. But regardless, yeah, um, Sanchez wrestled him up the first two rounds and then finally uh, Silva turned it on. Um, Sanchez probably was a little tired by that point and he just lit him up on the feet and finally got the TKO win. And uh, as... Vitor Belfer yelled back in the day, jiu-jitsu, after he knocked someone out. So, yeah, jiu-jitsu won the fight for Bruno Silva, right? What a wild time to give somebody their jiu-jitsu black belt. And I know (laughs) – and I've said this, like, a bunch on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter and you're sick of me talking about this, you can just fast forward 30 seconds. But, like, uh, so many coaches, like, plan to give their fighters their black belts after a win. 
Um, but notoriously, one of my favorite ones is is Randy Couture got his black belt for submitting James Tony, which was like, <laughs> yes, like, yes, yeah, yes, like yes. come on, dude, like, Great. like, no offense, but but Juicy Jeff Fox could have submitted James Tony in that fight, and he, I don't know if you've ever taken a jujitsu class in your whole life, um, no. but but like Randy Couture got his black belt then, and I was like. All right, at least he went out there and got, like, his first submission win in, like, 10 years or something like that. He had probably really been working on that arm triangle choke because he knew it's what was going to end the fight. And he hit it, right? Like, he did what he was supposed to do, working on a skill that he had been worked on. Sure, give him his black belt. He wins by submission. This dude went out there and looked as bad as he has ever looked in his whole life grappling. Knocks a dude out who had just gotten tired out from literally grappling the hell out of him. Uh, yep. And then they were like, now's the time. And again, I know they probably planned it ahead of time, but you can't watch that happen and be like, okay, now we're, we're going to give it to him. You you just have to think to yourself like, okay, maybe he gets it when we get back to the gym because now's not the time. <laughs> and and he, bra- he bragged about his jiu-jitsu after also, which was which was uh, the icing on the cake, if you ask me. It was so bad. <laughs> Fantastic. So we got it right, though. So um, we'll go with that. We did not get the next one right. Um, this one we can be a little salty about, maybe. Um, judges might have screwed us here. Uh, Ramazem Emiev, minus 300. We lost. He lost his fight. So it wasn't just underdogs going through. It was, it was some big underdogs came through. Daniel Roberts beat him via split decision. Listen to, this, listen to these scores. 29-28, 28-29, 30-27. Gotta love when they're that consistent. Mm-hmm. Consistently bad. So who who did you think won that fight? So I think, tw- first of all, I would say 29-28 is pretty much defensible in either yep. direction. From the, right. You know, because I, I, I thought, I thought clearly Roberts won the third. I thought you had maybe an argument for the first, probably not the second, but, like, your argument from the first is mostly that, like, his attacks off of his back were good enough to to steal the round, but I, I don't think they were. And if you go on MMA decisions, uh, every single MMA media member had it for Ramazan Amiev, with the exception of two guys from, do you want to guess what type both of those guys are from? Uh, sure dog. Yeah, they're from Sherdog. How did you know? The champions. Yes, that's that's, that's <laughs> the a new, new place you crap on. They're the champions in scoring fight, dude. Like their their fight scoring is some of the worst fight scoring I've ever seen. Um, I will I will say two out of three of their their fight scoring guys gave it to to Danny Roberts, whereas one Keith Chillian, uh gave it to Abiyev. So shout out to Keith Chillian for being the only not crazy person uh, judging fights for sure, dog. Um, but yeah, and and did they did they just hire um. Uh, who did Shawnee they just? Sheehan. Yeah, Shawnee Sheehan, who's yeah. like the the go to like like scorecard media member right yeah. now. Like he's the guy who understands the rules better than everybody. He needs to replace the Sherdog guys in scoring fights because man, are they bad at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's a pretty good indicator that like Roberts probably shouldn't have walked away with that fight. But um, I am also not like wildly offended by it. I think like he he fought well yeah. enough that that giving him the win isn't isn't too. Uh, too ridiculous. So how do we get this run wrong, Dan? I mean, he was Robert's really good. Wrestling was better? His wrestling was really fucking good. <laughs> when did he yeah. learn how to wrestle? And even when he wasn't wrestling, his sub-skills and his scrambling, I mean, it was like through the roof. Very clearly, he went in there with a game plan um, to deal with somebody like Ramazan Amiyev. And I would say, regardless of whether or not you think he executed or he won the fight, he executed the game plan 
really, really well. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, and we also didn't get the next fight right, which once again, I think for the same reason, we didn't realize that Luana Carolina could also could wrestle, or at least defensively wrestle, because she uh, beat Lupi Godinez 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. was a huge factor here, because she was way bigger than Godinez, and her defensive wrestling actually was what won the fight for her. Yeah, well, and I will say this. You're right, defensive wrestling to an extent, but I think your first point is the bigger point. The size, I think, was the yeah. big issue. That had um, a bit more than four inches. Like She's only four inches taller, and it seemed way more than that to me. Yeah, and re- regardless of what it actually was, or even if it was that, like, Godina is weighed in at 121, which means she probably didn't cut any weight. Um, yeah. You know, she was probably arriving to fight week the week before, trying to make sure she only had to, like, cut six or seven pounds of water weight. So yeah. she didn't have enough time to put much more back on, um, which I think, you know, like maybe she could fight at 125 and not be all that bad. But th- this was too quick of a turnaround to do it properly. And, uh, yeah, the, the weight and size is just too much for her. So um, I, I'm going to blame it mostly on that. Like, she was not yeah. as big as I thought she was going to be. And, um Hard to take people down when you're that much smaller. No, it's true. So that's another big underdog came through because Godinez was minus 265. Uh, got the next one right. Uh, Dana Batgarel, minus 190. Won very quickly via knockout over Brandon Davis. A TKO, elbow, and punches two minutes in. Um, pieced him up on the feet. Pretty much we predicted he would, he would outclass Brandon Davis here. Yeah, he's just faster. And yep. what we said before, he's faster and he hits harder. That's it. It's, and that's that's all you need, basically, to win fights. And then in the curtain jerker, the opener, I this is where I got separation for Dan. I, I won this, Dan lost this. Uh, Ariane Carnalosi, minus 165, I hit it. Um, Noons, plus 130, Dan missed it. Uh, Carnalosi won via submission, rear naked choke, third round, 257. How'd you, how'd you miss in this one, Dan? Uh, you know, I I think if if Estela Nunes had a little bit more gas in that third um, and defended the takedown just a little bit better, I actually think she was getting the better of Carnalosi on the feet. Um, on just about every judge's scorecards, they all gave her the second round. She looked yeah. good. Um, she she was countering exactly the way that I thought she would. Um, I, I think just maybe underestimating the wrestling of Carnalosi again. She hadn't used a lot of it in previous fights, similar to. Danny Roberts or Nate Landwer or stuff like that. Like it's not often I I am missing people's wrestling, but it seemed like that was the theme of the night here. Is that Colonel Osi Roberts and all and Nate Landwer all suddenly could wrestle uh, in a way that I wasn't quite ready for. Yeah, that's true. That, that was uh, we did uh, on, for the most part overlook people's um, wrestling ability or wrestling progress at least. You know what you shouldn't overlook, Dan though. You should never overlook prediction strike and how fun it is, right? That's correct. <laughs> Segway. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, now prediction strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPNMMA. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. 
The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Sign up with promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Also, we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best NBA better in the U.S.? You can prove it on OddsCrowd, and they're free to join and play fantasy basketball betting sorry, contests. There's a season-long NBA contest with $3,000 in cash up for grabs, as well as a weekly $200 contest. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players will rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with your with other bettors. Track your bets. Set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And if you're downloading apps, download the SGPN app. If you haven't already, we are now live in the App Store and Google Play Store, and we give easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And if you are going to download it, make sure you give us a fantastic review on the uh, in the App Store. All right. Um, let's, let's put that card to bed. Um, the bonuses. Jim Miller, 50K, Nate Landwehr, 50K, Bruno Silva, 50K, Dana Batgirl, 50K. So everyone um, could have used that money. I'm sure Jim Miller could use that money also, but he's already making some some decent dough. Um, any uh, issues with any of the bonuses? No, I, I think I like all of them. I wouldn't have minded Colonel Hosey getting one. She, she looked, yep. you know, like that was a pretty good submission. And like I said, if that, that fight stays on the feet for the third, she might wind up losing a decision there. So that was kind of fun. But no, I, I don't think you can hate on any of the, the those finishes getting getting bonuses. Nope. Um, yeah, I guess Colonel Hosey was the only finish who didn't get a bonus, right? Because they gave out four performance ones. So I think there was five finishes last night. Mm. Something like uh, that? Yes. Yes, agree. Yeah. <laughs> am I correct? Or you, am I correct? Or are you? Uh, I feel like are you I'm just missing me? one. I feel, I feel like there was one. I feel like there was an extra finish too that we're not remembering. Fine, I'll go back. Let's You're see. not back. You're not back. Yes. Oh, no, no, he, he got, got the bonus. No, he got one. one he two, got three, four. Yeah, five. So she's the okay. Only one, so she's so. the only one who did. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't mind her getting in, but I think they gave it to the four best. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on because uh, that was a kind of a uh, card and. The week before was kind of a card. Uh, next week's card, a little bit better. Uh, at least the main event, we got Costa versus Vittori. At least we got a top of the top of the division uh, fight, Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori. Um, anything else on this fight card that excites you, Dan? Yeah, there there are a couple of real bangers on this one. A- Alex Caceres and Sungwoo Choi should be really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Jesse Rose Clark versus Jocelyn Edwards should be fun to watch. Um, Jung Young Park, the Ninja Turtle. Uh, versus Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. Um, yep. Both great nicknames and uh, kind of like dark horses in the middleweight division. They've they both been really good. Kama Worthy's fighting. Jeff Molina's fighting. Tabitha Ricci has got uh, really fun jujitsu skills, but had like the unfortunate task of having to de- debut on short notice up a weight class against Manon Firo. So uh, it'll be cool to see what she can do in a second fight in a weight class that she actually belongs in. So yeah, there, there's lots of intriguing ones here. Of course, we're all looking forward to UFC 267 and UFC 268 the following two weekends, yeah. which are both bonkers cards, especially 268. Um, but yeah, like Costa Vittori is is a just a fun fight to think about. Oh, they're back to back weekends early. I, I didn't clue in on that. So okay, 267. Yeah, 267 is the 30th, and then oh yeah, they're doing 268 the very next weekend, right? Very, very exciting, but yeah. Um, and we got is I, I feel in the way of it. Does he count as a chunky guy when he's at light heavyweight? Or 
He does. He does, I think. Okay. Uh, so we not, got a chunky guy, too. So. Yeah. And that, is Nick Necromanu a, a chunky guy? I can't no, remember. No. I like. just looked him up. He's, he's got abs, so no, definitely no. not. We don't. We're half. We're in a bit of a slump for the chunky guys. You seem we used to. We get them sprinkled in here and there, but uh, chunky probably guys are Canadian. Probably why we're in a pick slump. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I was going to say chunky guys. Chunky guy in the, we had a chunky guy in the contender series, and and that yeah. that worked out great for us. Uh-huh. But yeah, next weekend we have chunky guy plus we have a Canadian in random Marco. So there you go. So we're uh, we're going to be back on track. We should move on to the contender series because that's where. We Dan has excelled this uh, this season of the contender series. He went four one again last week. We're up to week eight, Sally, which means there's been two more weeks after this one. Um, thoughts on week eight before we break down the the picks. Uh, thoughts on like the the strength of the fighters on it and, and the matchups and stuff like that. If if you took the main event off of it, it would be very weak, and I might not give a contract to anybody. Okay, well, yeah, there we so, go. That's, so there's my glowing recommendation for the day. Yep. That's all right. We can we can still make money on it, right? does not matter. Um, let's start off with Bantamweights, Pedro Facal. Wasn't there – there was another Facal that used to fight in in uh, Miguel or something that used to fight in Bellator, was there not? I think he used to fight in WEC, didn't he? Oh, yes, yes, correct. I don't know if these people are related or not. Um, he, fought he's, Shale, he fought Shale Sonnen, if I'm not mistaken. I think he beat Shale Sonnen. Ah, uh, yes, yes, that sounds right. He's fighting James Barnes, the, this Pedro Facal. Um, Barnes' nickname Muka, and uh, Facal's nickname is Pedrino, which means little stone for those of you keeping track at home. So that's, um, oh, do you, are you familiar with everyone on the fight card? I assume you are. All 10 fighters you've seen fight? Yeah, there were, there were uh, I think, two or three of them who I had to, like, do some digging because I had not seen them fight. Um, but, like, I've seen them all now at time of talking. Um, but I would say I think there were seven or eight who I had already seen at some point in time, and then two I had to dig on. All right. Um, so we have uh, James Barnes, Muka. He's 14-4 with two knockouts, 11 submissions. So we know what he's going for here. Uh, he's been knocked out three times himself, so three out of his four losses have come via knockout. He's won three straight fights via submission. Uh, he was in Bellator for five fights where he went two and three. He used to fight at featherweight. I believe this one's at bantamweight. I think I got that right. Um, two inches taller than Facal, plus 165. Pedrino is 14 and three with five knockouts, four submissions. He's won three straight fights. Uh, he's not fought since September of 2020. He's 10 years younger than Barnes, minus 195. Uh, thoughts on this one? I think uh, this is one of those ones where you jump on the line as quickly as you can for Falcao. Um, okay. it, it's, it, it's, Barnes is not good at MMA, in my opinion. Um, one of the, so he's one of the ones who I'd already seen fight. Uh, I, I once watched James Barnes fight. It was in a promotion uh, called WFC. It was WFC 119. It, at WFC 119, um, which I, I believe was on, like, a uh, free YouTube fight, um, he fought a guy by the name of Matt Betzold in the main event. Okay, Matt Betzold was 9-10 and 10 at the time. And Matt Betzold most famously uh, in the main event for that fight on short notice and also sporting one leg. Uh, which is which is pretty important to the breakdown that I'm about to give you. Matt Betzold only has one leg. Um, he does have one or two thighs, but he only has one knee and then obviously one shin, one foot. 
so he he fights off of one knee and then like kind of on the the like just thigh, and he easily took James Barnes down. Like easily took James Barnes down and controlled him for the entirety of the first round and won the first round of that fight. Uh, only to have James Barnes like get a reversal in the second round uh, and wind up rear naked choking him. But like. A dude with one leg took this guy down. A dude with a losing record in one leg took him down. And he's going to be fighting a guy who's got, like, a big blast double and, like, good grounded pound and great control. I don't know about you now. Like, take Falcao. Take Falcao as many times as you can. And I was thinking of, uh, I found that Miguel Falcao, he fought in the UFC for uh, at least one fight and Bellator for a bit. Did not fight, um... Chelsea, I think you're thinking of Pedro Fielo. Oh, I am thinking of Pedro Fielo. Yeah, yeah. he was a WEC yeah. champ. Am I wrong? Paulo Fielo. I'm sorry. Paulo, Paulo, Paulo Fielo. Fielo. I'm, I'm getting yeah. my names right. Yes. Um, he's got a face tattoo now, so yeah. That's all, you need <laughs> that, so. all right. So Pedro Facao is, is the pick. Jump on it. Um, if, you, if you're subscribed to our main uh, MMA Gambling Podcast feed, you will, you will know to jump on it immediately. Maybe you can get on it. Well, it's, well what's the highest that you would take this this uh this fight at what number i mean i I think he's he's playable in a parlay up into like negative 400 basically like he's he's going to beat james barnes i feel very confident about this pick so i I mean like get it on its own as early as you possibly can um but if obviously if it slips later it's like it's still a nice piece for uh for a parlay or i mean like i guess you could pick falcao by by finish that might not be the dumbest thing either but um you know, I'm less confident in the method of which he's going to win and knowing that he's just going to control James Barnes, who is uh, both not really good and really old. <laughs> yes, 10 years uh, older than... 39 years old. I'm a contender. Like, wow. What he he, he, he's a contender, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, he is a contender. <laughs> this is one of the weirdest dudes on the contender series I've ever seen. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's, let's jump way up to light heavyweights. Armin Petrosian. Another famous last name. He actually is the brother of um, that other Petrosian. Why am I forgetting his name now? Come on, Dan, jump in. There's another Petrosian. What? How how is Dan not knowing these things? And I am. Um, yes, Georgi Petrosian. He fights in Bellator, I think. You don't know Georgi Petrosian? Oh, is he is he the kickboxer who just got his face kicked in? I believe. He's a kickboxer. Did he just get his face kicked in? Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the guy who. And yeah. I could, could totally be wrong. He, I, I think he just got knocked out in in like a one kickboxing fight, and it was really, really devastating. Uh like, yes, correct. He did. Yes, and yes, that yes. that was like two days ago or something like that. And he's like, yes, it was. In, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Surgery. Oh man, yeah. that's that's possibly bad for Armin here. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry. He's got another fight scheduled already for uh, December, even though he just got his, his face kicked in. So, um, yeah, so that is, um, I thought he fought, maybe I just know him from kickboxing, even though I don't watch kickboxing. I thought he fought in uh, Belcher, but nonetheless, what we're talking about his brother, his brother would be Armin Petrosian, who also is a kickboxer, but he also dabbles in MMA. He's a light heavyweight. He's fighting Kilian Kolev, um, no nicknames. So let's just jump right into it. Petrosian, 5-1 and one with five knockouts. All of his fights have become a big knockout. He's won one straight fight via TKO. He is a professional kickboxer. His record is 70-21-1. He's an inch taller than Kolev, plus 235. Kolev, 10-0, seven knockouts, one submission. He's won two straight fights via TKO. However, he's not fought since August of 2019. He's two years younger than Petrosian, minus 160. Let her rip. 
Oh, I thought I thought you still had more to go. Nah, so, uh, nah that's all I gotta gonna, say. Oh, okay, so that that we're just gonna leave that pause right in there. I'm not even gonna shorten it up. So, um, I Why actually I, I actually like Petrosian in this fight. Um, despite really? the fact, really, wow. yeah, despite the fact that he's coming in as an underdog. Look, uh, what I will say about uh, Kovalev Kov, Kov, or Kolev 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 Kolev. What I would say about him uh, is that he is a really piss poor striker. Uh, he's not very good on the feet at all. Um, yeah, he's got some like TKOs and rear naked chokes and stuff like that. The opponents he's fought are truly awful. Like, if you watch that last fight of his, which was two years ago, by the way, he's fighting a guy making his pro debut, and you can just see in the guy, way the guy is boxing, he he has no idea what he's doing. The guy he fought before that was 0-4. Um, he just doesn't seem to have very good striking, and he does have good wrestling, but Petrosian has kind of defended against some good wrestlers before. Like, I, I watched one fight with Petrosian, where he uh, he got taken down pretty regularly, but, like, never let the guy settle in. And then after a while of, like, just fighting that guy with that style, stood up, kicked the dude once in the body, and he crumbled. And, like, that's what I'm going with right here on these odds, is that, like, I just think at some point in time, Petrosian is going to be on the feet with this guy and just piece him up. So um, getting a big underdog money here with Petrosian, what was the number you quoted me at? Plus two something, two thirty-five. So that's pretty. Yeah, nice. I, I I love that. Yeah, definitely get Ar- Armin Petrosian plus two thirty-five. I'm about it. Wow. All right, Dan knows what he's talking about in these cases. So just blindly follow him, like a lot of people do in the Slack. So there you go. Uh, light heavyweights: Caio Barallo, uh Bohalo. Sorry, he's Brazilian versus Jesse Murray. We just saw Bohalo fight in week five, and he's back again. Um, he's fighting Hollywood Murray though, Dan. He's Hollywood, his nickname is. So look out. Look out. Um, he actually was just on the Top Turtle podcast, was he not? I believe I remember hearing he Justin was Marie talking. He was indeed, was, yeah. Was he the gentleman with all the stories, or was that the guy before? No, um, no, no. That was, uh, that's the guy we're going to talk about in our main event. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, Jesse, yes. Jesse Murray was, uh, was not that, no. Yes. Um, all right. He's Hollywood, though, even though he, this is the guy that fights out of Ohio, right? He does fight out of Ohio. That's correct. Hollywood, Ohio. Um, he's eight and three with one knock, one knockout, four submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times, so all of his losses have come to be a knockout. He's won three straight fights. He hasn't fought since February of 2020. He's five inches taller, five inches of reach over Ohio, and he's at plus 350. Um, and I mentioned Ohio. Uh, yeah, he's fighting Ohio, and he's from Ohio. Strange. Um, he fights out of. <laughs> Fights out of Steepy Miocic's gym. Um, uh, does Murray? Um, Ohio, 9-1 with one no contest. Three knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He was, like I said, on week five of the contender series where he won but did not get a contract. Uh, he's won six straight fights. He's gone nine straight without losing because he has a draw in the middle of there. He used to fight at middleweight, or he, he fought in his last fight on the contender series at middleweight. This one is up at well at light heavyweight, uh, hence the huge uh, size discrepancy here. And he's at minus 200. Pause. Yeah, I, I'm pause. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ohio. Um, okay. I, I, I think, so it's like an interesting question to wonder about whether or not a wrestler will deal with Cabo Ohio better than Aaron Jeffrey did, because Aaron Jeffrey did not deal with his uh weird karate style right like I, I think I I said Bohio is like a 
a less polished Loyola Machida in terms of style. Um, right. and, and that that plays really well against a guy like Aaron Jeffrey. It's an interesting question to ask if this wrestler is going to, like a wrestling style is the right style to like break that. Because um, that was always the question about Machida, right? Can the wrestling style sort of break that down? I think it could, but I don't think Jesse Murray is the right guy to do that just because I don't think he's going to work his hands well enough that he's going to get close enough to shoot his regular takedowns. Like, the distance management is going to be really hard for him here. I think Bohio, even coming up a weight class here to 205, is is not going to have a hard, hard time with Jesse Murray. All right. Take that, Jesse Murray. That, that's what you get for going on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Dan buries you the first chance he gets. So He is a really um, nice guy. He's just, he is. His uh, yes. striking against the karate style is probably not for me. Yes. All right. Women's straw weight is the co-main event. Uh, Sherdog has it as the main event, but Dan crapped over Sherdog, so we're not going to go with, with that, right? <laughs> no, of course they're, not. They're, they're, they're wrong about it. So they're, they're, Dan won't be getting hired by Sherdog anytime soon if, if they uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> All right. Valeska Machado versus Piera Rod- Rodriguez, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Rodriguez for everyone. Rodriguez. But she's uh, she's not Brazilian, though. She, oh, she, isn't she? She's she's from, from Venezuela. <laughs> All right, fine. Rodriguez. Both these ladies have like four or five names to their full name, but we'll just go with, with those, those um, shorter names. Uh, La Fiera is Rodriguez. Do you know what that means? Uh, the force, the, right? The, the beast is what I saw a translation as, so I don't know. You okay. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. Yeah. It, uh, and then Machado's nickname's Tina Black. Yeah, she actually you, goes by Tina Black most. You of know the what time. that means, Dan? Uh, Tina Black. Um, <laughs> That's what I thought. It, it's uh, she goes by that as her like full. Oh yeah. Name most of the time, yeah. Like it, 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 she's funny. listed as Velasca Machado on yeah. Tapology too, but most of the fights I've seen her announced as Tina Black, which I I don't know how she got that. <laughs> That moniker, but that's who she is. So she's Tina Black. Um, can I be Tina Black? Uh, I, I love that. I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive you can't be Tina. Black. Oh please! I got so many nicknames. <laughs> I want to add, add one more. Tina Black. Um, all right. Let's tell you. Let's tell you about Ms. Black. Uh, she's eight and two with one no contest. Half of her wins come via knockout. So that would, that would be four. Never been finished in a fight. She's won six straight fights. Four straight via TKO. She's not fought since July of 2020. She's an inch taller, has an inch of reach, and four years younger than Rodriguez, plus 260. Uh, Rodriguez, the forest or the beast? You take your pick. She's 6-0, and five knockouts. Uh, she was the LFA champion. She won via TKO her last fight, which was for the championship, strawweight championship. She's at minus 325. So is she, is she the beast here, Dan? Yeah, I think she's the beast here. I'm going with Rodriguez. Um, I, I would say as far as the odds go for fights, uh, I have this a little bit closer than the odds do. Um, yeah. I, I don't think Tina Black's that much worse than Rodriguez. Um, but Rodriguez is a little bit faster. She's a touch better with her footwork when it comes to pressure. Um, I think she, if either fighter is going to take the fight down, which I sort of don't think either is, but if either is going to take it down, I think Rodriguez is the one – who will do it and be successful. And the, the big thing that's swinging it to Rodriguez for me in this fight is the cardio. Like, uh, Tina Black comes out, like, very jumpy and, like, moving and really super light on her feet. And usually within three or four minutes, she is no longer light on her feet. Um, like, she, she's almost bounced the energy out of herself in one round. And for me, that that's a huge worry in this fight because Rodriguez, like you said, she was the LFA champion, not only did she win the LFA belt, uh, but she did so in 
a fifth round TKO. So she was like motoring through four hard rounds against a really good fighter in Svetlana Gotsik. So like she, she is able to go the 25 minutes, whereas Tina Black looks like she sometimes can barely go around before she starts to turn into a different fighter. So um, for all of those reasons, I like Rodriguez better. But again, I will say, I think this fight is a lot closer than the line. I'm not jumping all over Rodriguez's line here. Okay, but but we we forced him to make a pick, the proverbial gun to the head, and uh, Rodriguez is the pick. All right, main event. So this is basically, this is clearly the best fight in the card in your eyes? Yes, these are, okay. uh, I mean, like if, other than Kai Bohio, who I think right. probably should already be in the UFC after beating Aaron Jeffrey, other yeah. than him, these are the, the winner of this fight would be probably the only one who I would be like, ooh, put them in the UFC. Um, yeah. Because like, you know, Falcao is going to look good enough to get into the UFC because he's going to be the 39-year-old dude who got taken down by a man with one leg. Um, so, like, yeah, like, this, this is the only, like, contender series super worthy fight. Do you think that's what Dana and the and Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby say uh, when they're watching the fight? Did they go, ooh, put him in the UFC? Do you think they say I, that? I, I don't think they talk to each other anymore after last <laughs> week. <laughs> that's right. Ooh, I like that. You went, ooh, put him, put him in the UFC. All right, Walter Waits, Solomon Renfro, Johnny Parsons. Uh, we got some good nicknames here. Well, the Black Dragon's kind of eh for Renfro, but we got the Slugger Knot for Parsons. <laughs> he also, also sometimes uh, goes by the Paradox. Yes, the Paradox. Yeah. Of course, Dan knows these things. Yeah. Of course. Um, all right, let's break down Parsons first. He's 6-3 and three with five knockouts. Two out of his three losses have come via being knocked out, though. Uh, he's won four straight fights, three straight via knockout, or some form of, of TKO. He's up plus 240. The Black Dragon, Solomon Renfro, 8-1 and one with two knockouts, one submission. He's won two straight fights via knockout, five inches of reach, six years younger, minus 110. There's only a couple books that have these numbers posted. One of them has obviously has it much. One of them has it basically as a pick em, minus 110, minus 110. The other one has it. Uh, much larger for Renfro. I believe Renfro was the uh, one that you, you said jump on uh, as soon as you can. Yeah, I see him at minus 300 at some bucks, so it depends on, on where you're looking. So, Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you love him at 110, right? Yeah, I love him at 110, but, yeah, I, I think if you're listening to this on Sunday night, I think you're going to have a tough time getting negative 110. Um, they, 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 they listed this fight to start at even money, which is why I mentioned yeah. last Wednesday, jump on Solomon Renfro as quickly as you can. He's a guy yeah. who I think is only – it only opened there because of that, like, loss to Mike Malott that I mentioned uh, that was yeah. fresh on people's mind where he got stunned and then submitted. And as we learned, Mike Malott can do that to people. He's pretty freaking good. Um, but Solomon Renfro, uh, despite the fact that Johnny Parsons is Syndicate's MMA striking coach, is not as good of a striker as Solomon Renfro. Like, Renfro throws heat. Uh, he, he is absolutely what you want out of a very good striker. He's also much stronger than Johnny Parsons. And more importantly, he's tighter with his defense. Um, one of the things you'll notice about Johnny Parsons is he leaves himself open to counters kind of way too much for my own liking and especially too much for my liking against a guy like Solomon Renfro who can just turn your lights out. So, yeah, I, I think Renfro here, and I'll say this, I think Renfro by knockout. Ooh, there you go. Degens, you love your um you love your props and your parlay. So there you go. Renfro via knockout. That's a, a big one. Um all right, you got any other props or parlays you want to give the uh the Jong Lees of the world? 
so I will say uh, Solomon Renfro by knockout will probably make that line juicier um, because you if you missed out on the negative 110 that it might have posted at on some books and you're now staring at negative 300 and you're kind of bummed out about it, that's how you can make yourself feel better. Get Renfro by knockout. Um, I, I will say just play straight up Armand Petrosian because he's, uh, you know, like you said, plus 230 in some books or plus 235. I think that that's just straight up worth playing. And then I would say if you're looking for a parlay to play, I would stay away from uh, Pierre Rodriguez, but I like Kai Bohio. The negative 200 or whatever number you you officially quoted me at is a – so it's a highish one. So if you can get him and Falcao, especially as Falcao's number continues to balloon, because I bet you that's one of those ones that's negative 600 by fight time. Um, So get Falcao and Bohio together, and I, I would say that that's a decent parlay to play. All right, the parlay to play that would be a good a good thing to do on on our podcast, don't you think? That 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 would that would work. Yeah, I can do that. Or, or it's it's someone else where you do the parlay to play. Uh, I mean, I think he uses that phrase, but I don't think it's officially <laughs> I don't think it's officially branded. No, it, it's not your favorite favorite uh, part of the podcast. No, it is my favorite part of the podcast, or at yeah. least tied <laughs> at least tied for it. At least tied. Uh, I love my top turtle references. All right, um, we did it. Folks, we got you all your winning picks. Oh yeah, which which fight are you getting wrong this week, Dan? If I'm getting one wrong, the, the female I, I, one probably. I think the Tina Black one is probably the trickiest yeah. one. I will also say there is a chance I get the Armin Petrosian one wrong. Like that that could be my one too. Because here's what I'll say about that fight: is I am first of all taking a big underdog, but second of all, I'm trusting that the the other guy goes in with a, either a bad game plan and strikes with him for too long, or isn't able to hold him down. There's totally a chance that Kolev just holds him down for 15 minutes. Okay. Um, the other three, I'm pretty confident in. I, I think Falcao, Bohio, and Redfro are all pretty much slam dunks. All right, there you go, y'all. I think we um, we told you all you need to know. We didn't mention all, all the ugly stuff that's happening in MMA. You know, people punching people and domestic abuse and all that nonsense. We we stuck to the good stuff. Um, the, the actual fights in the cage and, and betting your hard-earned money on it. So uh, we will be back on Sun. Nope, we won't. We'll be back on Wednesday because today is Sunday. We'll, we'll be back on Wednesday to break down actually a better fight night card, um, an appetizer to the two big pay-per-views coming up. One of them not actually you, – you don't actually have to pay for. Um, so we'll get you all your picks for that, and we will tell you what fight Dan got wrong on the Contender Series on Tuesday. When we come back on Wednesday – in the meantime, Twitter, I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. He's at Gumby Vreeland. Read all our stuff at MMA-Manifesto.com and, of course, at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Um, I think that's it. Dan's going to take you home. We'll see if he screws up this time. I'm Daniel Gumby Vreeland. He is Jeff Tina Black Fox. Yeah. <laughs> we will catch you on Wednesday. <laughs> 